I ended up in juvenile hall for attempted murder at the age of 12. In the middle of nowhere, they're shooting at us. But next thing you know, we hear silence and the guys were actually reloading their rifles. So we got out and we shot them down. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to be talking about gangs and how joining them can have a very serious negative effect on someone's life. Michael Gonzalez will be with us today, sharing the reality of being inducted into a gang and living life as a gangster, being shot at and shooting at others. He's going to share the truth about the gang life, and he's going to share how he got out of the gangs through faith in Jesus Christ. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. How are you doing? Oh, man, Michael. Us here in the studio are doing great. I'm hoping all who are listening can say the same, but let's get right into this. Michael, I can't imagine what it would be like to be jumped into a gang at the age of nine years old, like beat up to be inducted. Tell us how that happened to you. Wow. You know, growing up, I always grew up in a nice house. My dad was a hard worker, but, you know, he was kind of like an OG from the neighborhood. And what happened was fifth or sixth grade, I was a good kid. I had a good heart. But uh, the foolish people that I surrounded myself with in my environment kind of had a big influence on my life. And I kind of ran, you know, with the wrong people. And that lifestyle excited me. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to get jumped into the gang now. My dad, being respected in the neighborhood, always told me that, he didn't want me to hide it from him, and everybody knew him, so I told the homies I wanted to get jumped in. I was nine years old, so they quickly called my father, and they told him, and out of respect, he came to the park. You know, I was small. I was one of the youngest boys. That's why they named you boy, and mm-hmm. my dad got off the car. He grabbed his watch off his wrist, and he started counting as I started getting beat up by 19, 20, 21-year-olds, you know, and I couldn't fight back because I was so young and skinny. Wow. So your dad is there because he's sort of understanding this is a way of life and he's kind of supporting it. Is that right? Yeah, I think my dad supported us because he was, I think, fearful of not knowing what was going to happen out there. Mm. I think that's why he embraced it. And I think that was his way of protecting us. Mm, Wow. So in your mind, this is how life is. This is what everyone has to go through. But eventually... I understand something traumatic happened in the home when you were only 12. Can you talk about that? Yeah, at this time, my mom and dad got divorced, and then my grandparents took custody of me and my sister, and my dad went to prison for 14 years to life. I ended up in juvenile hall for attempted murder at the age of 12. It was kind of like a retaliation thing on my enemy. They came first. We went back. You know how it goes. And we ended up going back to my enemy's neighborhood. We had a stolen car, and what happened was it was a stick shift, and My homeboy let off on the clutch too early and the car died. So we had guns in our car. They were ready for us. They were expecting us. So in the middle of nowhere, they're shooting at us. And the car died in the middle of the street. So, you know, I thought that that was the end of my life. So, Mm. but next thing you know, we hear silence 
what happens is we get out the car and the guys were actually reloading their rifles. So we got out and we shot them down and we started running back, you know, to my neighborhood because we had no car. What happened was we didn't kill them, thank God, because I wouldn't be on this interview with you. Mm-hmm. But we got attempted uh, murder. So that's how that happened. Mm, and I understand that had a huge negative consequence of the gang life. And something happened when you were 17 years of age. What happened? Uh, yeah, at 17, I just got out of Gampo. We call it Gampo, you know, camp, locked up. And what happened was I was coming back. I was a drug addict. I like to smoke a lot of PCP. Mm. So I just got some drugs and, you know, I sparked up or whatever. But what happened was some of my enemies, they recognized me. They started chasing me down. And make a long story short, I ended up in a ditch off the 91 freeway. The highway patrol found me. And they had told me when I woke up that um, I was in a coma for about 30 days. As I got better, my sister shared with me to go to church. Then I would never, I would always say, nah, with all that, you know, like, I blame God for everything. You know, I didn't even acknowledge him. And so what happened was my sister came up to me one day and she said, I'm going to rap for the Lord. And I'm like, rap? What do you mean rap? I didn't really like rappers because um, we call them studio gangsters. The studio gangsters, one that will make up a lifestyle, you know, just to make money off the people. They didn't really live that life. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really respect rappers because I was a gangster. But I went to the church for some miracle. I ended up at the church that day. I was raised as a Catholic, but never been into a Christian church before. So this was my first time and I was high. I creeped in the back of the church, you know, the very last row. They call it the sinner's row, right? <laughs> so I sat back there and I, I was sweating. I was high, you know, because when you're in the presence of the Lord and you ain't right with God, you get a little nervous and you start sweating, (laughs) you know. Yeah. So uh, my sister comes out, right? And I never been to a Christian. I never heard Christian music or what. I hear this beat that I'm familiar with, right? Because they use beats that the world uses, but they change the message and the lyrics. So Mm -hmm. that's what caught my attention, you know? So I'm like, what? I know that song. But then when she started rapping... It was about the Lord and a message and this and that. So I was like, whoa, you know, I never, I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> so my sister goes, come here, Mike, come here to the front after we're leaving. I was like, no, nah, I'm leaving. I don't want nothing to do with this church. So for some miracle, I walk up to the front and she goes, I want to introduce you to somebody. And the first guy she introduced me to was the men's home director of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, as we would say, God set me up because God will set you up. God will use the music. He'll use actors. He'll use anything he can <laughs> to get you into the house of God. But he knew a lot about my life. And I looked at my sister like, what? You know, you told him all this, but God was moving through and speaking to me. And he told me, Mike, I understand you're going back to the county jail to do some time. And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, well, why don't you come into our rehabilitation home in the church and you can do your time in there? And I looked at him, I had an attitude, I was worldly, I was like, you know, I looked at him, I had my hands in my pocket, and I was like, I told him, why are you going to do something for me when I don't even know you, you know, like, because I didn't trust nobody, I didn't believe anybody, you know, because the world will do you wrong, you know, I didn't trust anybody. So I told him, you know what, I said, go ahead, man, if you want to, I said, here's the date. So a month passed, I went to Norwalk Superior Court, you know, we call it no walk, nobody walks, everybody gets time, right? So. Yeah. I was partying that whole month. I even forgot about this guy. So I stole in the courtroom and here he is. I seen all these gangsters, right? And ties, suit and ties, they had tattoos on them. And, you know, I was like, who are these guys? And it was all the guys from the men's office of the church. Long and behold, this guy, he came and, you know, he followed through and he gave me his word and he did what he said. And you know what? 
I can say this to everyone that's listening to this conversation right now. It wasn't a gun. It wasn't a knife. It wasn't even being close to death that changed my life. It was this man's word. And wow. God used this man truly because he told me the truth and just touched my life, you know. And I went into the men's home in 1997. I gave my life to the Lord. And it was bittersweet because it was one of the hardest yet easiest things I ever did in my whole life. <laughs> and they say real men serve God. And they say that because it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Yeah. And, you know, I was one of the few. And I gave my life to the Lord and um, the rest is history. Oh, Michael, that is amazing. It's like almost unbelievable. But here you are testifying of the goodness of God. And I understand that your whole life changed. You started being an influencer for Jesus Christ as well, including being a Christian rapper yourself, doing movies, etc. So like a whole different life than your past as a gangster. Amazing. Yeah, you know, after I, got, I went into that home, I met Mr. Brent Wood, and we became really good friends. I signed with Mr. Wood Records. I signed a six-year contract with him. I've been all over the world. I'm a rapper, and I also play this uh, instrument called Talkbox, like Zap and Roger. From there, I went on to meet an actor by the name of Noah G. Uh, he's been in big movies, you know, Training Day, Bruce Almighty. It's just been a true blessing to see somebody like myself, you know, like I said, a nothing with somebody to where I'm at today only because of God spurred my life, you know, and I, and I thank him. And wherever I'm at, whether it's a, a concert or filming a movie, there's always opportunities to share the love of God. Mm, Michael, thank you so much for sharing how God changed your life. Truly, our God is a mighty God. Thanks so much for sharing on the show. I know someone is going to be touched by your testimony. Thanks so much, Michael. All right. Hang on. I want to dive deeper on this subject right after the break. My friends, this is Evangelist Anlay, and I have a huge heart to study how Jesus is working in people's lives today and how he can change the lives of so many more. Will you partner with me to get this show on another radio station in a different state? Together, we're learning and demonstrating that Jesus is alive and touching lives everywhere. Help us to get out the good news. We're looking for monthly giving partners from $5 a month to $100 a month. Anything helps. You can learn more about this by going to AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at AwakeningTheNations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's AwakeningTheNations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it is a crazy lifestyle how he joined the gang at the age of nine and he grows up being shot at and shooting back at other gangsters even though his dad was for it because his dad wanted protection for his son. I think there's many who can fall into this trap of trying to get protection by being in gangs. But in truth, the practices and behaviors in gangs is constantly pushing their members to sin or do moral wrong things. And that in itself is the trap. Why? Well, it's written. Proverbs 13.21, evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous, good shall be repaid. Now listen, I'm not saying that only gangsters are sinners, okay? In truth, we're all sinners. 
But sin is going to invite a pursuit from evil. This is what the Bible says. However, the true question is, how do we travel from a life of sin to a life of righteousness? You know, it's not like people are just born righteous. We are all sinners. So how do we travel to a life of sin to righteousness? I bet some of you are saying in your minds, how can someone really be leaving this lifestyle and be living this amazing lifestyle as a Christian today? Like it sounds like a fairy tale, right? Well, it's not. It's written in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, Jesus died on the cross so that God's righteousness can come upon us, in us, and through us, and we can live truly changed lives. I'm a testament of this. Michael Gonzalez is a testament of this. And many others can testify that God will change your life. And maybe there's someone listening right now. And you're like, gosh, I need a change. I need a change in my life. So Lord Jesus, we come to you. We ask for that change, that transformational change where the old dies and the new comes. So Jesus, we receive you. We receive the newness into our lives. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.